Actors Talk Podcast, Episode 47. Welcome, everybody, to Actors Talk Podcast, Episode 47. My name is Tommy G. Kendrick. I am the producer and the host of our digital get-together. I am an Austin, Texas-based actor, and I want to thank you for joining me here. This is my attempt to give something back to the acting community, to the filmmaking community. Had the pleasure over the past two years of interviewing actors, writers, directors, filmmakers of uh, all sorts of uh, areas of the business. And it's been such a pleasure to do so. This is the first episode of 2014, and I want to thank you for joining me. My guest for this episode is an expert in film distribution, digital distribution in particular, I would say is their particular specialty. That guest is Linda Nelson of Nelson Madison Films. I heard Linda Nelson on an interview with Stacy Parks of Film Specific. If you are a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker, surely you know about the Film Specific site. It is a great resource for independent filmmakers. And Stacy has a podcast where she um, broadcasts interviews that she's done with different filmmakers. And I heard this interview that she did with Linda Nelson. And I thought, man, I have got to get in touch with Linda Nelson and see if she'll come talk to my audience. And she agreed to do that. And I am so happy because she is a wealth of information. If you are confused as all get out, which I certainly was, and I'm less so now, about video on demand and the various platforms and what are the intricacies of getting involved with those platforms. Can an individual filmmaker get his or her film on iTunes, for instance? What's the answer to that question? Do you want to do Netflix right away, or should you hold off on uh, trying to get your film on Netflix? When should you do that? What should your release strategy be? We'll talk about all those kinds of things with Linda Nelson of Nelson Madison Films in this interview. I'll get to that in just a moment, but first I'd like to play for you a voicemail I received recently from a longtime listener, Mahesh Mishra. Good afternoon, Tommy. This is Mahesh Mishra from uh, San Francisco. I'm a longtime listener of uh, your all uh, podcast, and I want to thank you for uh, giving us such a wonderful podcast uh, for free of cost uh, with a lot of information where we don't get, learn or get to read in the internet or anywhere from the professional people. So I want to thanks again for you. Uh, the second thing which I want to ask is that uh, uh, do you or will you be interested to interview if we have some uh, top uh, actors and uh, directors and producers uh, from India? Um, um, so just want to let you uh, know if you have any opportunities, uh, we can talk and uh, other options. And uh, we'll go from there, Tommy, and thanks again. Uh, wow, I, uh, thank you so much, Mahesh Mishra. I really, really appreciate your call. I appreciate your message of uh, appreciation for the podcast. I can't tell you how much good it does me to hear that 
the content here has been meaningful to you, and I appreciate you letting me know that. If you would like to leave to leave a message via SpeakPipe, that little button is right there on the website, and all you have to do if you have a microphone on your computer is do what Mahesh did and just use that right at the website and leave me a voicemail, and I'll be happy to respond to you. Mahesh, I apologize for not getting back to you sooner. I have been sick since before Christmas, and that's sort of what's kept me from behind the microphone and out of the studio getting another podcast episode out, but I'm feeling much better now. And Mahesh, I really appreciate that. I do not know much at all, I'm ashamed to say, about the India film industry, and I need to exchange some emails with you about that because I need some... Uh, uh, to be brought up to speed on some areas before I would want to interview someone in that uh, part of the film business because I wouldn't be able to talk to them intelligently, I fear. So that's a very intriguing proposition. I appreciate you bringing it to me. And let's talk about that in email. Thank you so, so very much for the for the uh, voicemail and for the suggestion. I really appreciate it. We'll get on to my interview with Linda Nelson. Now, I do want to mention that when Linda and I spoke, we were having some really bad weather here in the uh, Texas market, and our Skype session was problematic. We had some real dropouts and that kind of thing that happens sometimes when the weather is bad. So I think I've worked around most of those, but if you hear some edit point that doesn't seem, seems like maybe something was left out, I've tried to cut around those with, without cutting out the meat of the conversation. And maybe I'll have to interject a comment or two along the way to clarify something that was said also. I began my conversation with Linda, with Linda Nelson talking about uh, conversations I've had with a number of independent filmmakers who, once they've gotten their film done, they just really don't know where to go from there. And does she have any suggestions? Has she been there herself? Well, listen to what she has to say. Linda Nelson, Nelson Madison Films. And he just finished a, a really good independent film. They shot for very little money with a, with a small crew. It looks great. It sounds great. All the tech credits are good. The acting is terrific. And they have no idea right now how they're going to get distribution for this project. And I thought, man, there's just so many people like that who are making good films in many cases uh-huh. and they and they then don't they don't know what to do because right. they don't really have that expertise. And right. when when I heard your interview, I thought, man, you're somebody that that these folks need to be hearing from and hearing about so that they can know how to approach this business to not only get their film made that they've sweat blood and tears over, but also get it out there so that somebody can see it. We totally understand that because my partner, Michael Madison and I, and Michael is from Texas, by the way, we are filmmakers first and our production company is Nelson Madison Films. And we were in exactly that same predicament a number of years ago and had uh, made a film and just had no idea what to do with it. So we were while we were out on the festival circuit, uh, we met a lot of other people that were in a similar situation. So we decided we were going to do something about it. So we gathered up a bunch of filmmakers that we were on the festival circuit with and, and we started uh, a little organization called Indie Co-op. And Indie Co-op uh, became Indie... What Linda said was that Indie Co-op became indie rights because we had to formalize the company and actually turn it into a corporation because of course we were going to be entering into licensing agreements and the distribution business is all about contracts so it uh, really behooves everyone to uh, educate themselves about 
you know, distribution. And there aren't a lot of resources out there. Film Specific, which you mentioned, is a terrific resource for both production and distribution. And another friend of mine by the name of Jerome Kershaw, he has a, actually a whole, well, he teaches seminars and he also has a, a nine DVD course on distribution that takes you right through from production all the way through getting your film distributed. It's called The Secrets to Distribution, and you can find that online pretty easily. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and just so everybody knows, as you're driving your car or on the treadmill, don't worry about having to try and remember these links. Just remember to go to actorstalkpodcast.com, and I'll have all these links and information that we talk about in the show notes, so you don't have to try and keep notes or remember these websites. So Yeah, that's great. And it's easy to find us on, on Facebook or Nelson Madison Film. That's right. the easiest way to find us. We actually have a submission form if someone wants to submit their film for consideration for distribution through Indie Right. Okay, let's, let's talk about that for a second because I, there are some terms okay. here that I need to some education on. I hope you don't mind. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm not a distributor or a, or a producer. So I'm, I'm probably going to not be completely up to speed on some of the terms from your side of the table. So okay. you are at least in part of what your business is, what you do are you are a video on demand aggregator. Is that correct? You could consider us a distributor. We have direct partnerships with people like companies like Google. Okay. So we are direct partners with Amazon. So there's no middleman in between us and the store where we place films. Okay. There are a lot of aggregators out there that just, you know, they don't have the direct relationships. So they might still gather up films and then take them to someone like us or to other companies that aggregate. There are various levels of aggregate. So, you know, the goal, I think, for all filmmakers is to eliminate as many middlemen as they can. Uh, You do have to go through either a company like Indie Rights or another aggregator to get your films on the premium site. So an individual filmmaker cannot uh, get their films on Google Play or iTunes or Hulu or Amazon Instant Video and HD. Uh, so you have to go through at least one company. Well, let's so, let's talk about that for a second, because one of the things that I've sort of gotten interested in over the past few years that got me sort of excited about this whole video on demand and this, this new shift in the way film distribution is going digitally is, was a, is a filmmaker named Ed Burns. And, you know, I keep hearing about how Edward uh-huh. Burns is pr- producing these low-budget films. Of course, he's a name guy, and he's got money, and he's got resources that he can draw on. But then he's distributing some of these films, mainly through iTunes, I think, and other some other video on demand platforms and so you Uh think wow that's that sounds awesome you know that's great he's taking a $25,000 movie and getting it on iTunes but in listening to your interview with Stacy I had no Uh idea that if I produce my $25,000 movie or 50,000 or maybe even half a million dollar movie I can't necessarily as an individual filmmaker approach iTunes and have them put it in the iTunes store as an individual is that right no you can't and that's correct because you can imagine they don't want to be writing millions of checks every month sure so they have a limited number of people that they accept films from and the same thing is true for google play and youtube movie rentals so those are both owned by google the same is true for amazon now on amazon you can actually go through create space and we recommend all the filmmakers that we work with do this and sell your physical dvd in the amazon store every filmmaker should do that and they don't need an aggregator they can do it directly and every filmmaker should do that but 
That's only in standard definition, DVD quality. Uh, individual filmmakers cannot put HD films up on Instant or Prime. So we, they, you have to use a company like Rights or other aggregators to do that. Well, the other thing is about things like iTunes, and, and I know this even from podcasting, and it's fairly simple for, for getting a podcast on iTunes. And of course, iTunes is the biggest aggregator yes. in the world for podcasts. But there are certain hoops that you have uh-huh. to jump through. There are certain things things that you have to do in a, in a certain way or they won't accept your podcast. And I'm assuming that it's even exponentially more difficult for a film. Well, there, there is. I mean, and, and the thing is that feature films are a lot more complicated right. than podcasts. And music, the same. They're simple. They're small files. Right. But for a feature film to be in a high enough quality to meet their standards, right. it's very complicated and includes a lot more than just the film. Right. There's a trailer. There's chapter breaks. There's metadata. There's closed cap so many different deliverables that you don't have just with a podcast or with a song. So that's that's why. Well, what, and very, very strict quality control. Right. For the independent filmmaker that's on a low budget, when should they start thinking about these issues of video on demand? Before they make their movie, and I'll explain why. One of the best ways to assure that you will get distribution and good distribution is to ensure that you have an audience. And the best way to do that is start your social media marketing right while you're in production. And so that by the time you finish producing your film, you already have a core audience that's very interested in your film. Then by the time you go out and everyone needs to go to festival, the top 20 festivals, you you can forget about it if you've got a super, super low budget film. You can go for local and regional festivals, but you must go to some festivals because that's how you build a pedigree for your film and it also helps you to increase your your audience your social media marketing so you want a facebook page from the time you have a script you start build that audience and hopefully by the time you get to festivals you can have a couple of thousand fans and by the time you finish with festivals you have several thousand and then that way you're ready uh when a distribution company or an aggregator looks at you they can that you've made an effort to build an for your film and to connect with your audience and they're much more uh, liable to work with you. So, so that's why I say you need to start early with all of that. So you want to think about it. Even if you get an iTunes, and this is, you know, I know this from the podcast, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of competing products in iTunes. Sure. So you, you just getting an iTunes doesn't mean anybody's going to ever see your film. Got to participate in social media marketing, yeah. primarily Facebook. Facebook's the very best place you can do that right now. And you should always try to set aside some budget for your marketing, even if it's tiny, because you can do very, very small uh, advertising on Facebook very cheaply and very effectively. So you want to try and set that aside. And also, if your film comes out really good, you've got a good chance at going getting cable VOD. And you definitely want to be able to spend a little marketing money on that. You know, years ago, I had the opportunity to spend a day at AFM with a press pass. And it was quite a treat to get to walk around that hotel in Santa Monica and see all that went on. There was every sort of sales thing going on from people who had completed films to people who had nothing more than a one sheet or some sort of artwork that they were trying to right. to do sales. And, and that was years ago. So I don't know how the business there has changed. But I'm wondering for the low budget filmmaker, what is the situation in terms of having an actor of name value? Is that just a requirement? Or are there other elements of the film that could be as important or more important than having a recognizable name in the cast? It's always value. 
able to have a recognizable name. And even on a low-budget film, if all you can afford is to pay someone 20 grand for one or two days' work, it's worth doing because you can create a character in the film that you can sprinkle throughout the film and it makes it look like the person is in the film, you know, is in the whole film. You know, you can design your film that way. A name is really, really important. The next thing is festivals. You know, so you want to make the best film that you can get and get, uh, make and, and get in as, you know, many local or regional festivals as you can. You know, there are a couple of pitfalls that, that filmmakers need to try and avoid, and that's rushing to uh, your movie out there for sale on direct-to-audience sites. A year ago, our theory was get it up on as many sites as, fast, as quickly as you can in any order. That has now changed. It's really important that people have a release strategy and that they release their films first on the premium platforms before they do any of the DIY uh, or direct-to-audience sites. So in other words, sites like Vimeo and Distrify, that's fine if you want to do that, but you have to wait till after you're up on the premium sites. Otherwise, you won't go out on those sites as a new release and you just get buried with all the catalogs. And there's sort of a there's sort of an issue with Netflix then as well, right? We don't recommend any of our filmmakers to go on Netflix for several years. The reason? The reason is that unless you have a big name talent in it, they will offer you, you know, $1,000 a year flat fee and then they give it away to 23 million people and nobody's going to pay for it. Right, so you sort of cannibalize your audience. Totally. You need to stay away from ad-supported sites and subscription sites till after you exploit your paid transactional. And by paid transactional, I mean where somebody's actually taking their credit card out and paying for uh, a stream or a download to own, like on iTunes or Google Play or Amazon Instant Video, Voodoo, PlayStation, Xbox, all those, uh, MGO, all of those premium channels, you're paying for it. Right. Or the same as like cable. With cable, you don't, you know, you forget you're paying for it till you get your cable bill, but you're paying for it. <laughs> right. And we're finally, as an audience, getting more accustomed to that sort of transaction, aren't we? I mean, it's taken a while for people to get used to doing that to see a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas they've been able to watch it just on TV for free without doing anything or going to the theater and it's just played. But now it, it's, it is getting more acceptance in the uh, general audience to be able to pull out your credit card or, or whatever and pay for a download. So that's good. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I always have this discussion with people. Five years ago, I thought nothing of getting in my car, driving to the video store and paying four ninety nine for a movie. I didn't think twice about it. Everybody sure. did that. So why would anyone hesitate to do that from the comfort of their home? Well, I don't know. I think some, you know, I think there was, <laughs> I would think there was this thing uh, about but there, trusting right, there credit is. cards and, and maybe people not thinking that I don't want to watch a movie on my computer. Although my computer screens is bigger than a TV I had for years now. Well, you know, now, so. <laughs> now, now all of the televisions are smart TVs right? and they come with apps on them and yeah. Your, the Amazon app is right there. Yeah. And the MGO and whatever, they're all right there on your television. So you don't, or you can, for 35 bucks, get a thing called Chromecast and you can, yeah. with your phone or your computer, whatever's on your phone or computer screen, you can put it on your television. Right. So all of those lines have blurred. 
Right. When somebody comes to you with a film that you may want to handle, what are some of the stumbling blocks that you find if somebody, especially maybe they're a first or second time filmmaker and they haven't done all of their homework that they need to do to bring you what you need to be able to sell their film? Are, are there some common mistakes that people made? Well, I think there's, there's quite a few things. First of all, uh, it's now required that you have closed captioning because the FCC has decided that if it's anybody's watching it on television, it falls under their jurisdiction. Okay. So for domestic releases, uh, you have to have closed captioning. Now you can do that yourself. There's software on the internet called Movie Captioner that you can download and do it yourself. It's a tedious job, but otherwise you have to go to a post-production house and pay them be around 400 bucks to do it for you so mm-hmm. but it but you can do it for free yourself it's not hard it's just time consuming it's really important that you have a trailer and your film in prores uncompressed that's the format the aggregators are looking to get your film in mm-hmm. so don't squish it down to an h264 you're not going to get a that's not usable you need to leave it as a un- uh, prores file uh, you've got to ha- have layered Photoshop files of your key art, and posters are really, really, really important because now you can imagine, I mean, when a poster's the size of your thumbprint on your uh, phone, you have to really think about what's on your poster, you know, so no little text, you know, yeah, it has to be, the title has to be readable in postage stamp size so yeah. you have to be really careful when you design your photoshop right. uh, your uh, artwork for your poster because people are deciding to see your movie based on your poster and maybe a trailer they're just f- browsing through hundreds of posters so so it's so important you could have the best movie in the world. And if you've got a crappy poster, nobody's even going to stop on it, right? Do you ever get into a situation where somebody comes to you and they don't have a clear chain of title because they haven't done their homework properly in production? I haven't had that as a personal uh, issue with any of the films that we have. I mean, we make people sign a contract that says that they have that. So if they haven't got it, they got to get it before that before we can well, I, t- I tell you why I ask because I'm in I'm in Texas which is a right to work state the discussion I have a lot of times with independent filmmakers in this market is I don't want to do union because there's too much paperwork there's this and that and you know what I try and encourage these people to say is look do the paperwork because you're going to need it anyway and, Absolutely. and you, need, I you need all these things done. So. Do SAG films. You can do a SAG ultra low budget and you don't have to hire all SAG actors. Right. You can mix and match SAG and non-SAG and uh, it's worth it. I mean, we've done, you know, two really low budget films under, you know, the smallest contract. And, you know, you can, you can do the paperwork. It's right. not, you know, yeah. you, have to, you have to be willing to. It's like if you want to drive a car, you better get a driver's license. It's really no different. You have to go about your filmmaking in a responsible way, just like you have to be a responsible citizen. Right, right. Now, you guys have a – Indie Rights is – you're a distributor, but you have a you have kind of a mini studio going on as well, don't you? You have a YouTube, yeah, a YouTube presence there, which is a YouTube – dot com slash indie rights i believe i'll have a link to that 
but uh-huh. you have a number of films of not only your own, but of those of, for, that you've taken from other filmmakers. Are you representing or distributing them, I guess? And uh-huh. how many films are you representing at this time? A little bit. We're, we're 200 plus now. Does that help you to have that kind of volume under your umbrella when you're going to some of these other platforms? To um, Absolutely. Right now, I mean, for example, like iTunes, they won't even talk to you unless you have 100 films. We got into the business at the right time. We started small with five or 10 films and just slowly over the last five years have grown that to 200. You know, so now we look very attractive to any platform that wants to start up or launch and um, any you know, we're already partners with all of the big guys. So when a filmmaker comes to you to take on their film, what sort of services do you provide them? Is it merely that you're going to put your their film up on your YouTube channel or help them get into iTunes? Or are there other services that you can also provide to them we, as well? We start at the top. We try to pick films that we think are really uh, going to be able to be able to go out there on as many platforms as possible. And any film we send to Amazon or Google Play goes up. They trust us to pick films. iTunes and Hulu, though, are curated and we have to actually pitch films to them. So that's a little, you know, stickier, but we know pretty much what they want. More than 80% of the films that we take go up on iTunes. So we have a very filmmaker-friendly split. Okay. We give 80% of all revenue back to the filmmaker and we don't charge any expenses. Now, what do you help them if they need it with encoding and those sorts of things? No, or? we do all the encoding oh really friends. and that's uh-huh. included in your your 20 yes, wow. that sounds imminently fair it's more than fair what we do with our filmmakers the ones that are based here in la we have a monthly market marketing workshop okay. where we teach people how to do social media marketing and we'd send out ebooks and you do know, you have a is that a regular monthly yes. uh, workshop it's only oh. for our indie rights filmmakers, people whose films we're distributing. I see. Oh, I see. I got you. Yeah, it's I not like you. a pay. But there, there are plenty of, um, like I said, uh, Jerome Kershaw has Secrets of Distribution. It's a fantastic course. And, you know, so you might put a link to that. Right. And then, of course, Stacy's uh, site, Film yep. Specific, is a Yeah, that's a great site. Well. Those are my two favorite resources. Okay. Are there particular types of films or genre that you specialize in? Or are you at any one time looking for just good films of whatever the genre? Or do you have a a special? Are you on a computer right now? Yep, I am. Go to YouTube.com slash Indie Rights. Right. I've been there, actually. And and I see that you've got like a comedy. I'm just trying to get this information out for the the public. We are not genre. (laughs) Oh, we're not genre specific at all. Right. We like all kinds of movies. So you'll see if you look on our YouTube store, we have we have dramas, we have comedies, we have horror films, we have documentaries, and pretty evenly split, actually. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a uh, nicely laid out, and this is uh, your YouTube. Is this would this be a YouTube channel or a YouTube store? Uh, it's a YouTube channel. It's a yeah. YouTube rental channel. They're not giving out any more of those, from what I understand. But yeah. I mean, it. You know, it, we've had a relationship with Google and YouTube for about three or four years now. So we actually beta tested for them. You know, so we we love being able to do that. And actually, we're uh, about to launch a global version of that store to 200 territories. Do you go out and look for a film? 
films at festivals and whatnot, or do you accept some sort of submissions from people who are looking for distribution? Go to Nelson Madison Films Facebook page. Okay. There is a submission form. People can fill in that submission form and send us a screener. That's what we'll we'll make sure we have that link in the show notes again, folks. So if you right. you know you can check that out, Nelson Madison Films on Facebook, and also you know, just Google Nelson Madison Films. I mean, it's easy to find NelsonMadisonFilms.com. But there's quite a bit of information up there about the indie rights. Uh, check the About Us section, the indie rights section. Indie Film Resources. There's some great resources there. Also, you know, there's a lot of information there for you indie filmmakers who are looking for distribution. So it's, uh, it's great to have somebody like you who is knowledgeable and who a filmmaker can go to uh, so that they don't have to try to figure out all these things and reinvent the wheel themselves after they've just uh, spent all of their resources probably getting their film made. So, right. Um, so we'll have uh, we'll have show notes up about Nelson Madison Films and about the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. Some ways for people to get in touch with you. And you know, if people have follow up questions, I'm sure you have contact forms on Nelson Madison Films. So yeah. I'm sure you're available if people have some questions, or they can forward them to me, and I'll I'll see if I can get them to you. And Absolutely. I would appreciate that. Um, a treat for your actors. Yeah. Um, there is a film that we're distributing that you can watch on Hulu called Character. Okay. And it is an uh, extensive interview. It's a documentary, but it's some it's uh, interviews with Harry Dean Stanton, oh, Dennis Coleman, Sidney Pollock, uh, Mark Rydell, Peter Falk, oh, awesome. uh, and Charles Grodin. And it's so inspiring because it talk they all talk about their whole history of how long it took for them to become the actors that they became. We're distributing that everywhere, but you can watch it for free on Hulu. No, it's called Character. Yeah. Belinda Nelson, thank you so much. So so nice to talk to you, and I really appreciate it. It's been a it. pleasure. Take care. Great. God bless. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Belinda Nelson, Nelson Madison Films. What doesn't she, uh, just a wealth of information? My goodness. And so nice and willing to give forth with all this information. No charge really sounds like somebody you want to work with and if i were an independent filmmaker looking for digital distribution i know the first call i would make and it would be to her i think because i really really enjoyed what she had to say and she seemed to me to be very straightforward and more than that just so so very knowledgeable linda nelson thank you so much i really appreciate you being on actors talk podcast coming up in a couple of weeks If you are an independent filmmaker who is going through a Kickstarter campaign or anticipating that or Indiegogo, you'll want to listen to my episode or my interview with Angels Perch producers J.T. Arbogast and Kim Diltz. What a terrific film they produced. And their Kickstarter campaign was very successful. In fact, I think they raised more than their initial goal. That's that doesn't often happen for a film so you're going to want to hear about that and about the whole process of doing this terrific independent film angels perch shoot that they shot in west virginia wonderful project i got to see it and it is terrific after that i have a an interview with oklahoma filmmaker tracy trost tracy is a dynamic individual he began his directing career in his mid-40s and you'll want to hear about that. It's a, an interview about following your dreams and your passions and being positive and pursuing those things that are meaningful to you. And he is a great example 
of that. Tracy Trost coming up in a few weeks after the interview on Angel's Perch. Got a few other things in the works, but I don't want to talk about them before they're all sealed up. Thank you so much for being here on Actors Talk. I hope to see you in the movies. God bless you all. And let me hear from you. Give me an iTunes review if you like this thing here. I would appreciate it. See you later. That's all. Whoops. <laughs> all right. Man, I, I just banged my face into the microphone. How does that work? I think it works because I'm too tired, but okay. That's a wrap.